Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your precious word. As we enjoy it this morning, Lord, we are enjoying you. We thank you for your great care for us. We pray, Lord, that we will be instructed this morning. We recognize you, Holy Spirit, as our teacher. Not only are you our teacher, you are the one that helps us to understand. You're the one that enlightens our eyes. Very often, Lord, you said to the people around you, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Well, everybody's got ears. You weren't talking about that. You're talking about the ears of our spirit. May we receive your word this morning, Lord. May it produce abundant fruit in our lives and in the lives of those with whom we come into contact every day. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Praise God. I'd like us to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, 22 to 25. I'm going to read a small miracle that took place there. And there's a principle that I want us to learn from it, different from what we've probably read before. So that's the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. And I'm going to read from verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. Now, I know we can learn from that lesson that very often you and I pray for something that doesn't happen, you must keep going. And very often the healing process is gradual. God knows the human body better than any medical practitioner on the face of this earth. And there are some conditions I've heard of that, for example, tumors on the brain. If God had to just change very quickly, he can do damage, things like that. But God knows. I mean, the one woman, she was seriously ill. And she was in hospital, totally hospitalized. The doctors gave her a few months to live. And she just said to the doctor, please, can I go home just to be with my family for the last Christmas, possibly? And he thought, well, there's nothing to be lost. Gave her the instruction. Off she went. She went home. Do you know what happened when she got home? I won't tell you exactly what happened, but she came back pregnant. <laughs> now, let me just explain what happened. That pregnancy actually realigned the internal organs and she lived. Gave birth to a beautiful child. and. God healed her through, I'm not suggesting we do this if you're sick. <laughs> okay, it's not a recipe for health. What I'm trying to get at is that healing took place over a period of time. Yes, God could do it instantaneously, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. God knows best. Right. But that's not what I want to teach on from that scripture. The title of this message is The Question of Balance. Now, I have spoken about living a balanced life before. This is not exactly the same. But you see, the point I'm trying to make is this. The Lord didn't say to that man, you half healed, that's fine, that's good enough for today. At least you can see people like trees. Did he stop there? Can you see he didn't? He carried on until he could see properly. Okay, now, what I wanted to share with us, I'm thinking that we need to have in our minds is, you see, when the world speaks about balance, they speak about moderation. Have you ever heard that phrase, uh, everything in moderation? Have you all heard that phrase? People, you're speaking about maybe drinking and stuff and all the rest, 
and they get all wise and they say, well, everything in moderation. All right, we must be careful of the sayings of the world. If they don't line up with the word of God, they're normally the biggest load of hogwash. Just think about that statement, everything in moderation. What do they mean to start with by everything? My mother said that to me, and I said to her, well, if I'm a murderer, does that mean I mustn't murder more than two people? Just in moderation. You get it? One a week, but that's not bad. Really, is it that moderation? What is moderation, and what is everything? It's a vague term, actually. I can understand it, meaning be controlled in your activities. I can understand it. But you see, it doesn't line up. Moderation. In other words, don't do everything too much. Now, let me just say this. As far as God is concerned, that's not balance. It's not the same thing. All right. You see, when we think of balance, we sometimes think of, well, let's not be too extreme. Has anybody said to you as a Christian, I don't want to be extreme? All right. Does the Lord ever say to you, I want you to serve me, but don't be extreme? Don't be radical. Did he ever say that? I've shared this so often. There was one time when, for whatever reason, somebody picked themselves up and shot out of this place like a bat out of hell. So, being human, I said, oh God, what have I done now? Really, I was actually honest. I was saying, did I mess this up badly? And I have in the past, trust me. But he said, you know, Graham, you're too radical for that man. Too radical for him, you see. And the moment he had said that, he was quick to say, however, Graham, you're not radical enough for me. You see? Now the point is this. You and I cannot be radical enough for God. Can you say amen? Being balanced doesn't mean saying, oh, well, I'll be sort of radical. Can you see that? That's not balance. That is not balance. The way God taught me this lesson was some time back with this big church I was having a men's breakfast. And I'm sitting there enjoying the breakfast, sort of. I'll explain why it was sort of enjoyment. But one of the young guys there got up and he was giving his testimony, you see. And he spoke about the turnover of his business, how big it had got. And then he said, this year I'm planning to have... I don't know what the turnover was, but let's just say 2 million. I'm just using it as an example, 4 million. The moment he said it, you know what God said to me? He said, Graham, go and tell the man that his vision is too small. Well, I almost choked on my bacon and egg because I'm sitting there. I've got to go and tell this man with a 2 million plus turnover that his vision is too small. I'm sitting there wondering how on earth I'm going to pay for the breakfast. <laughs> You understand my predicament? Well, somehow I managed to pay for the breakfast. Actually, a friend of mine, a few weeks later, said to me, No, Graham, God told me to pay for your breakfast. He said, I didn't, I'm sorry. I thought, well, that's great, isn't it? But anyway, my point is, I said to the man, Your vision is too small. Instead of two, you should be thinking of four, five, you see. Anyway, I got back home and I said, God, why me? As always, couldn't you use someone else? I mean, couldn't you use somebody with a 10 million and turn over something to talk about it? God's going to speak to me. And you know what he was saying? He said to me, Graham, you've got to understand, balance in the Christian walk is not being moderate. All right? It's not being moderate. What it is, and please, I want us all to understand, in this church we try as hard as we can to be balanced. 
right? But I need to explain what that means. You see, what he was saying to me is, if you can look at it like a seesaw, if you put a weight on here, what is balance? You don't just take the weight off there, you put weight on the other side. Can you all see that? If you take nothing away from this message, take that. That's the important thing. Now you see, with the things of God, we need to be ultra-radical. Can I just say that? There's scope for vision beyond the vision that you and I have. And when I think of some of the things God's put in my small brain, I say, oh God, not me. Because it's impossible. But not with God. Okay? But I've learned something. I don't say to God, it's impossible, so let's just bring it down a bit, you know. Instead of saying 10 million people, let's make it just five. That's not God. That is not God. But let me explain what balance is, you see. As I've always said here, with all the promises of God, there are the promises, but there are also the conditions. Does everybody understand that? You see, you and I can get all wrapped up with all the wonderful promises, but before we can get running off of the promises, what have we got to find out? What are the conditions? You see, and balance is understanding the one side, but realizing there are conditions. Can you see that? We balance it out. In other words, here we are, we teach faith, all right? If we only taught faith, no matter how, how shall I say, radically we would teach it, and we want to be as radical as possible because we need radical faith to survive, you understand? But if we just taught that, that would be unbalanced, as good as it might very well be. What have we got to also teach? The conditions, the requirements, the responsibilities. And that's the nature of God throughout. You look at the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We love to teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is wonderful. We've got an ornithologist here. I need to ask you a question. Do you know much about a dove? A little bit. How many pinion feathers do they have? No idea. Oh, no. <laughs> because I've continually, continually told people there are nine, apparently, nine pinion feathers on the one wing and nine on the other. Okay. Main flight feathers could be nine or ten, depending on which dove. I don't know. Okay, for our purposes, the Holy Spirit dove has got nine. Okay, so, so I might not be totally accurate, but I'm not totally wrong either. <laughs> but please, the image is fantastic because you see, the dove cannot fly with one wing. Can it? It's going to flap, but it's going to go on the ground. You see? Whether it's those nine or those nine or whatever. Ten, if it's a special dove. But it's flapping. It's not going anywhere. You understand? It's not. What's it got to have? Balance. It's all a question of balance. Can you see that? You see, so we teach on the gifts, but we're also teaching now on what? The fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. You and I can operate powerfully in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If we're not operating in the fruit, what does the Bible say right in the middle? Like a banging gong, whatever. Without love. You see, well, love is the main fruit of the Spirit. All the gifts without the fruit, useless. So you see, you know, I've got to grasp something here. With God, the sky is the limit in every area. Amen? The sky is the limit in every area. If you are wanting to build a financial empire with God, the sky is the limit. God will not say to you, okay, well, just keep it moderate because you've got to be humble, Christian. That's the biggest load of hogwash. Amen? However, please, 
Note something. The greater the vision is, the greater the responsibility is going to be. Do you understand? I know people that have a lot of money and they say the big difficulty is the responsibility of this big business. All these people. You understand? It's not just all hunky-dory. It's not just big vision. It's the other side of the coin. Does everybody just get this message? You see, there's no limit to what God wants us to do. But balance is realizing there are responsibilities. No matter how big your vision is, there's responsibility. You see? And the responsibility with the vision grows. That's balance, you see. That's balance. I've got a very good friend. Well, I don't know him very much now because I haven't had contact with him. His name is Andrew Kyriakos. He's a Greek gentleman. He started off as an owner of a small superette, you might call it that, up in Zimbabwe. And he had this business. He had an office at the top and he looked down at everybody there working. Quite a successful business, had wonderful miracles. He got hold of the understanding of God and faith. You know what he used to do? Look down on his business and he used to listen to great teachings on faith. And then he started a little meeting there with the Greek people. And that grew, and then before long, they asked him to come along to the next town. And before long, he got quite a reputation. The Orthodox priest censured him. Don't listen to this man. Guess what happened to this Orthodox priest? Macarius, that was his name, Archbishop Macarius. Do you know what happened to the Archbishop Macarius? Died tragically in a car accident. So there we go. Be careful who you censure. But anyway, this man's ministry spread all over the world, Cyprus, Canada anyway. And he used to have to go and fly there, obviously, to go and share the word of God. Very dynamic speaker, lovely man of God. And the one day he's getting into the plane. And when you get into a plane, if you turn left, you go into business class where you can get some sleep. Or you turn right to cattle class where you're sardine. <laughs> so he's sitting there and looking at this whole thing. And he gets home and he says to the Lord, I really don't want to travel cattle class anymore. You know what God said to him? God said to him, well, if you don't want to travel in economy class, you're going to have to up your faith. I want you to hear that. Can you see what God said to him? You can do it. It's possible. I'm not against you going business class. But what has he got to do? See the responsibility. Up your faith. Well, he did up his faith. And you know what happened? <laughs> going to Cyprus, standing there, the attendant comes down. He's booked in economy class. The flight attendant comes down and says, are you Mr. and Mrs. Kiriok? Yes. He said, come with me. Guess what? Instead of going to the right, he said, we've got seats for you. Amazing, isn't it? But the point is that there was a responsibility, you see. So you and I, we get hold of the promises of God. And we get excited about the things of God, and we should, right? And you see, we want to do great things. And then somebody comes along and says, well, just keep it calm. Don't get too excited about it. Be realistic. Have you heard that? Be realistic. Well, for your information, God isn't realistic. Amen? Being raised from the dead, is that realistic? Going to Lazarus and Lazarus. He's stone cold dead. I mean, the man's stone cold dead. And I'm going to raise him from the dead. Oh, be realistic. Well, what's realistic if the man's dead? Sort of warm him up a bit. Get him to raise one hand. That's sort of moderation. Everything in moderation. Just which hand must it be? Rubbish. You understand what I'm saying? The sky is the limit. But we've got to realize something. Even though the sky is the limit, the higher you and I are aiming for, the greater will be the responsibilities. Can you see that? 
And that's balance. Can you see that? That's balance. That's realistic in the sense of our approach. With the church, you see, many churches make this mistake, I believe, and I've been in churches that do make the mistake. They get hold of one truth, and my, oh my, they like a dog with a bone. And they know all about that, oh my soul. They're really, really very good at that. But what's the problem? By focusing just on that, as important as what they are focusing on is, they might say, well, we into evangelism. There's nothing more important than evangelism. Well, God wants the world saved. Amen. But the other side of the coin is, if you're going to get so many people saved, what's the other side of the coin? You've got to look after them. You see? It's no good getting the whole world saved today and they all go backsliding tomorrow. Is it? Does that make sense? You see? Or just teaching faith, 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 faith. You're always mighty in faith, but they don't love one another. There's no compassion. There's no balance. The marriages are a mess. Do you want that? Do you want that? Does everybody grasp this? It's a balancing act. But the question of balance is not a case of holding back on something. That's not God. Does everybody grasp that? If we have vision for great things, God says, Hallelujah, Amen, I'm in on it with you. Amen? I don't care how big your vision is. The bigger, as far as God is concerned, the better. God is big. I hope you're hearing this. Because, you see, we would never say to people, oh, we don't want a big church because blah, blah, blah. No, we want a massive church. However, what's the other side of the coin? You see? The bigger your vision, the greater demand is going to be placed on you. Let me tell you that much. The greater demand. Things God's told me to do. I look at the demand, I think, wrong address. Wrong address, Lord. Go there. <laughs> but I know something. With God, all things are. But I won't go blurting about my vision here and there. People understand things, big things like that. But at the same time, I understand, for that to happen, what's got to happen? Do you understand? The big adjustment has got to be made here. That's the balance. That won't happen unless this has happened here. Are you hearing me? The big vision you have, God's in on it, but it won't happen unless we do our part. See, that's balance. Balance is realizing that the full wisdom of God is many, many faceted. Many faceted. We've talked about this. You can be a great success in the business world, but a complete failure when you get home. You see, is that success? It's not balance. What does God want? Great success out there and great success at home. Are you hearing me? That's really important. With God is possible. With God all things are possible. So I just wanted to share that short message with you. We want to be a balanced church. But that doesn't mean to say we're not going to be a radical church. We all grasp that. Being balanced does not mean not being radical. We go for what we believe with everything we have. Not hold back. Well, not hold back. Amen? But we realize what we believe. There's a lot of other things we need to also believe at the same time. Can you see? We can't be moderate with that either. We have to be radical. We need to be radical in our love for one another. Amen? We have to be radical in our understanding of covenant. Let me tell you, we get that right. It's almost like the rest will fall into place. 
We need to be radical about enjoying his presence when we get together. Did you know that? We need to be radical about that in the sense of nothing else matters. Amen? But at the same time, being radical about that doesn't mean we don't teach the word, we don't reach people out there, we don't just have a little holy huddle where God comes and visits us. I said to Janet half jokingly this morning, wouldn't it be lovely if the Lord said to his father up there in heaven, he said, you'll have to excuse me, Dad. I'm just going down to earth to be with my favorite church for an hour or two. And he came and sat here and I said, Wolf, you just have to move over. Somebody quite important has come to visit us, you know. <laughs> Is that too radical for you? Well, we're as radical as we can be, but we want to be balanced at the same time. Amen? We can't be radical in the sense that we become so useless to humanity because our mind is up there, wafting around all the time, our mind fixed on the Lord. We've met people like that. You come to them and they want to start prophesying over you in the course of normal conversation. How's that? You're trying to talk to them and they say, just hold on. Hold on, I've got a word for you from God. You know what? I said, get it over with. <laughs> I'm available, just get it over with. Is that being balanced? Now please, in the course of conversation, you might have a word for somebody and that's fine. But do you get what I'm saying? That's not being balanced if we're so, how shall I say, spiritually minded, no earthly good. Balance is being spiritually minded, yes! but also with our feet firmly planted on this earth. Amen. Phone the boss. I'm not coming into work. I've got to spend the day in prayer. Imagine if one of your employees said that to you. <laughs> Ruth will tell him, I'm also in prayer. Come here and join me. <laughs> While we're in prayer, you can get done what I'm paying you to do, sort of thing. <laughs> Are you hearing me, folks? We've got to get this thing right. Balance. Being radical is not being so airy-fairy that we're no use. True spirituality, let me tell you, is of great earthly value. Amen? Christ went up the mountain, yes, but he didn't stay up the mountain. He came down. But because he'd been up the mountain, when he came down, he could take hold of the leper and see the man healed. Can you see? That's balance. Everybody get that? That's balance. If he'd stayed up the mountain, the leper would have died in his leprosy. If he hadn't gone up the mountain, the leper wouldn't have been healed. Do you see that? We've got to build this into our lives. We've got to build this into our lives. Understanding of how God works and this essential balance of God. There's a time to lift up and be in the presence of God. There's a time to do hard work. All right? There's a time to rule and reign in life. But by far, the most time needs to be spent being a human being to those around us. Can you see that? That's balance. A person that just works from day until night with the excuse I'm providing for my family. It's good to provide for your family, but the family now has got everything that they want, would ever need. You get it? Well done for that. It's not balance. Not balance. Spending so much time with what I do, but I don't spend time with God. Not balance. Spend so much time with God, so I don't get done what has to be done. 
not balanced. I hope you're getting the picture. I've said enough. Father God, may we be a balanced people. Whole people. That's what it's about. Being whole. Realize that with every blessing there's responsibility. With every promise there's condition. With everything that you have there's the other side of the coin. With all your grace there's also judgment. With all of judgment there's always grace. We've just got to understand this. Help us to navigate that path between the two. So that we'll be whole people. Whole people. People that are a benefit to society. People that are positive in everything we do. In the wonderful name of Yeshua. Amen.